Hello, hello, my iPod viewers out in iPod land. Welcome, welcome, welcome from Apple iTunes and so forth. I also welcome my viewers on my podcast or that view my podcast from Facebook, YouTube, and some other places, including Instagram. I'll be adding some more in. I welcome the following states from the USA, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Texas, California, Mississippi, Oregon, Arizona, Indiana, Maryland, which is new. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And Washington. Um, countries outside the United States, Ireland, Canada, United Kingdom, Russia, and Fior Islands. I hope to get more. I'm right now clocking at 60 plus viewers on iTunes, and I just picked up iHeartRadio. So... Welcome, welcome, welcome those viewers there. Uh, as I said, I'm Kimberly. I'm a local rabbi and minister here in the United States, in the state of Ohio. Um, and you're listening to my one-hour junket of uh, Jonathan Kahn, where we discuss things. Tonight is our Book of Mysteries. Uh, my ministry is Sacred Elohim, Diamond Light and Pearl Ministry, so welcome. Yes, I am a Messianic Jew, and I believe in Christ or Yeshua. So, let's get started. Um, today's news just just hit the banks. Uh, a new sign from COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen is now showing on feet, toes, face, and and uh, other parts of the body boils with uh, bruising. Um, even on asymptomatic people, it's hitting pretty bad. Um, after they recover, they end up having these sores show up on the body mysteriously from it. So, interesting news there. Um, now they're debating over hydrochloroquine and chloroquine with ZPAC. They're, they're saying it's either not very good or very good. I choose the latter because I have an autoimmune disorder. So, I take the hydrochloroquine for that autoimmune disorder and the chloroquine. And I find I've not been as much receptive to getting the COVID-19. I'm not bragging. It still could happen, but I'm still here. So, amen to that. Now, <clears throat> right now, Ohio has reached just a little over 10,000 plus cases. We've had just a little over 500 plus deaths in just the last two weeks since uh, we reached our peak. And we're still going. We'll reach a peak and then we climb and we reach a peak. So, um, right now, until May the 1st, we're still in stay-at-home orders, almost like a lockdown. Businesses are shut down until after May the 1st when they determine when they're going to open. Um, still, we're waiting for those coronavirus checks not come in yet. Um, personally, I'm not too worried about it because I take care of my mom and she pays me pretty good. So, um, But tonight, we're going to be discussing... The Book of Ministries, I usually read four sections. Um, I will be starting a new series called The Prophetic Community, and then also The Heavenly Signs. We're going to go in discussing revelations, so be prepared. Um, that is my kudos. Um, we will start with the Revelation 12 sign and what it's about, and then I will explain what happened nearly three years ago. On the 2017 in September, October and September and October of that year, and what it means and where we're at at this particular time. So, 
and I might even bring it in tonight. We don't know. Uh, so tonight we're doing the book of mysteries. We'll go take a look at the mystery of the bride. When you think about a bride, you think about a wedding. So let's see what the teacher has to say. On our journey to a city, we stopped on a nearby hill. Mm. Look, said the teacher, pointing to the event at the city's edge. It looks like a wedding, I replied, or a preparation for a wedding. The bride, in the white gown, was standing in a garden with her bridesmaids. You watch a cosmic mystery, the shadow of a mystery. Existence, he said, is a love story, or was meant to be a love story. The bride is a picture of what we each were created to be. I don't understand, says the pupil. We were each created to be a bride, to be the bride. That's why we can never be complete in ourselves. That's why deep down in the center of our being, in the deepest part of our heart, we see to be fulfilled or seek to be fulfilled. For the bride is made to be married. So we can never find our completeness until we join with him who is beyond us. And that is why we go through our lives trying to join ourselves, join ourselves to what the student asked, to that which we think will fill the longing of our hearts to people. Success, possessions, achievements, money, acceptance, beauty, romance, family, power, a movement, a goal, or any multitude of things. I remember if you're saved and you put these things in your life before Christ, they're idols. So remember that. For the bride was created to be married. And she will never rest until she is. So none of those things can ever work. Because none of those things are the bridegroom. The bridegroom is Yahuwah. The one of whom we were created for. So we have to find him. More than that, he says, a bride doesn't just find the bridegroom. She marries him. So it is not enough to find Yahuwah. You must marry him. By joining every part of your life and being your deepest part, your heart, your soul, your wounds, your longing, your desire, everything to Yahuwah. Only then can you be complete. Only then can your deepest needs and longings be fulfilled. For the mystery of our heart is the mystery of the bride. And the bride can only find her completeness in the bridegroom. And the bridegroom of our soul is Yahuwah. So, here's today's mission for the bridegrooms out there. Or brides. Put away things that substitute for his presence. And join all that you are your deepest part to your bridegroom. So now we're going to look at Deuteronomy 6.5. Let's see what he has to say, our bridegroom. So 6.5 states, And you shall love Yahuwah your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. So now we're going to go to Psalms where he describes himself as the bridegroom. Psalms 1, 1 through 4, the songs of Psalms, the song of songs, which is Solomon's. Let his kiss me 
with the kiss of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Your oil has the pleasure of fragrance. Your name is oil poured forth. Through the virgins love you. Therefore the virgins love you. You make make a way with you. Let us hurry. The king has bought me into his room or brought me into his room. Friends, we will be glad and rejoice in you. You will praise your love more than wine. Beloved, they are right to love you. I am dark but lovely, your daughters of Jerusalem, like kindred tents, like Solomon's curtain. So there we see one through five. I went a little over. We see the bride. Now we go to Ephesians 5. Five twenty-eight, and we're going to look at twenty-eight through thirty-two. What it says there: Even so, husbands also ought to love their own wives as their own body. He loves his own; his wife loves himself. For no man ever hates his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord also doth the assembly. Because we are members of his body, of his flesh and bone. For this cause, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. This, is a, this mystery is great, but I speak concerning Christ and the assembly. Nevertheless, each of you must also love his own wife as even himself. And let the wife see that she respect her husband. So the alluding here is talking about a husband and wife after marriage, what they're supposed to be. We are supposed to be the same as the husband and wife to Yahuwah, Yeshua. So let's go and look at another one here in about 10 minutes. So just think, we are his children, but we also are a bride. So no matter where you're from Israel, or no matter where you're from, the Gentile, we are one. So we need to look at ourselves to serving our king as a bride would serve her husband. So we must adorn ourselves that way, according to what the teacher says in the Book of Mysteries. So we will read another one. The next one will be the power of Yud, or Yud, as it is pronounced, or Yud. Um, we'll go see what Yud means which is a Hebrew letter in the alphabet, and we'll see how this plays out and what it shows as Yahuwah and Yeshua Yahuwah are. So right now we're coming to the top of the hour. I'm going to cut off a little bit and break, and I'll be back in about five to ten minutes. And as I say, kudos. Now, everyone, I'm going to welcome you to Impact Church. Yeah, we're not having services in the building right now due to corona. But nevertheless, I still read it. Sundays at 11 a.m., we do our car services. Throughout the week, we have Pastor David Amos and the group doing things online. Uh, the church is at 2319 South 6th Street, Taunton, Ohio. They just want to give you a little bit of extra stuff with love from God. Um, remember, impact at arnton.com. That's their website. You can get more information there. Or you can find them on Facebook or Instagram. On Facebook, we do our live streaming three or four days a week. 
Um, we also have prayer sessions, which they mention. If you want to join internationally, I welcome you. Um, I also welcome you locally to doing online. Um, I go there. I, of course, took two weeks off from there because um, I had some sabbatical stuff I had to do. But I will be there next Sunday. So letting David and my other brothers and sisters know, hey, everybody, I'll be back. Um, um, as I say, my iPod viewers, my uh, viewers from iHeartRadio, especially um, that, I welcome you here today and welcoming my other viewers from Anchor and some other sites that I deal with. Um, currently, right now, I'm waiting for approval for Google, so we'll see what Google iTouch does. But right now, I have you guys, I have 60,000, 60 plus million viewers on one, 60 plus thousand on another, and then I'm doing this one here. So I welcome you guys. I welcome my viewers from Facebook and other outlets. Even though Facebook's a little smaller, hey, more power to it. It reaches more people. So we're going to cut here for about 15, 20 minutes, maybe less. We'll see how long I want to do it, and then I'll be back. So I'll see you guys. At impact. Hello, 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 my iPod viewers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. God bless. Yahuwah always brings blessings. So, we are back. I'm now at the top of the hour. As I had mentioned before, before we go into the power of Yud, we're still waiting for stimulus checks. Some people are getting them, some people haven't gotten them, but they will be here by shortly the end of the week, hopefully, starting tomorrow. Um, pretty much where I'm at the impact, everything's shut down except for essential businesses. Um, trying to get a doctor, impossible. You have to do it by teleconference. My mom's in that. I'm in that. Um, pretty much things are semi-dead here. <laughs> it's the first time I've seen this little town, which it's normally a sleepy little town anyway where I'm at, dead. Not one car, not one person out. Occasionally they get out, but not a lot. Corona has pretty much shut down life almost. Um, I'm sure in the other places I mentioned, Texas and that is even worse. But we got to look at it this way. As I said, some of this will tie into the signs and the stars and heavens by Marlon Hicks. And then we'll be talking about the prophetic community and how it plays in ministry. Currently, I run my own prophetic ministry, which is what you're listening to now. Um, I'm not doing it because I want to do it. I'm doing it because I love doing it. And I love my Lord. Um, I love him so much that I die doing it. Um, Right now, we're going to get into the power of the Yud. So the teacher led me out into the desert ravine, where he sat down in the sand. Face to face, he picked up a stick, and with the, with the slightest of movements, he created a small, smallest of marks in the sand. Now, I'm going to explain what he was doing. He was drawing in the sand the sign of the Yud. A Yud is just a little tiny... Apostrophe, pardon for the Sam. Um, it's it's a it means so much more 
in the Jewish lit because it represents something that represents a name. Okay, this this can change your life, he said. An apostrophe, I said. A yud. What is a yud? The student asks. A yud is a letter, the smallest of Hebrew letters, barely more than a dot. So small you can miss it, for the yud comes from the Roman word I or J, and from the yud comes the Greek word iota or iota, as in not one iota or iota. Yes, or as it is not just a jot. It all comes from the same tiny letter. So it's the smallest of letters. Why is it so significant? The student asks. That's the point. As the smallest of letters, it is most significant. It is the Yud that begins the greatest and most sacred of all names. The sacred name of Yahuwah, Yahaveha, which with a Yud, the land of Yahuwah, Israel began. With a Yud, the city of Yahuwah, Jerusalem, begins with a Yud. And the name of Yeshua, or Jesus, in Hebrew, begins as well with a yud. What does it all mean? The student asked. The greatest of words begins with the smallest of letters. In the same way, the greatest of Yahuwah's work begins with the smallest of strokes. Life itself begins on the scale so small, it can even be seen. It's the secret of the yud, and how does one apply it? We are called to the new and to change but by nature we avoid both the new newness and change so how do you change how do you go from a life of failure to a life of victory it's an overwhelming perspective think so how do you do it with the yud you start by taking the yud of steps the smallest of steps towards the greatest of change. You don't start out with a great victory, but you take the yud, one small action, one little step towards the great victory. You take the one step, the yud of courage, the iota of change, the smallest stroke of new beginnings, the yud of the life you're called to live. You begin the great, greatest of things with the smallest of strokes. You begin by applying the secret of the Yud. So think, Yud, small. So today's mission. Today, take the smallest of actions, but in a new direction. The first step towards the life of victory you call, you're called to live. The Yud of a new journey. So we're going to go to Job. Just a minute here to find Job. Job 8, 7. Let's see what Job 8, 7 has to say about the Yud. Though your beginnings was small, yet you latter end would greatly increase. So remember, your beginnings are small when you take the first steps of faith. In the end, it's the greatest thing it makes it. The smallest is the greatest, and the greatest is the smallest. That's what it's saying here. 
Now let's go to Acts. Three. And we're going to look at four through nine. Peter fastening his eyes on him with John and looked at us. He listened to them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, silver and gold, I have none. But that, but what I have that I give you in the name of Yeshua of Nazareth or the Messiah, get up and walk or the Christ. He took him by the right hand and raised him up. Immediately his feet and ankles and bones received strength. Leaping up, he stood and began to walk. He entered with them in the temple, walking, leaping and praising Yahuwah. All of the people saw him walking and praised Yahuwah. So with the smallest of actions, the smallest of actions can change lives. The smallest of actions, just the smallest, whether you witness to somebody or just giving somebody food, can change a life. And that change can impact others. So remember, watch your tongue and your words. Only speak words of life. Um, If you speak words of death, then it impacts that person by killing their spirit. Um, I try to live each day and try to speak life to people. It's not easy, but as followers of the Lord... Or Adonai, we are to speak life, not death. So we'll go to our next study, the midbar. So think, let's sit here and ponder what a midbar is. Do you know what a midbar is or midbar? Well, we're going to touch on that subject um, here shortly, but I'm going to read the study first so you get some idea of what the teacher has to say about a midbar. He took me out into the desert to an emissive valley surrounding a red, reddish mountain, which turned increasingly purple and blue as we extended out into the far distance. What word comes to your mind, says the teacher, when you look at the desert wilderness? So remember, where he... Like this student here, we are walking through the deserts of life, the wilderness. Now put to mind what I mention and describe it. This is not part of your life. Dry, barren, hot, astura, severe, hard, forbidden. And when people go through this time, time of loss, crisis, tragedy, loneliness, conflict, hardship, problems, separation, tears. We speak of going through the wilderness. And yet the wilderness is a holy place. It is in a desert wilderness that Yahuwah gave his law, his words, and where we reveal his presence. The wilderness is holy. So the hard times in our life are holy for those who are his children. Yes. And the student asks, how so? How so? In Hebrew, the wilderness is called a midbar. A midbar comes from the root word devar. Devar means to speak. Think. Midbar, 
Devar. What is the wilderness? It is the Midbar. What is the Midbar? It is a place where Yahuwah speaks, the place of his voice. It is where Yahuwah especially talks to us. Why did he bring his people into the wilderness, into the Midbar? So he could speak to them, but brought Moses into the Midbar to speak to him through the burning bush. He brought Elijah to the Midbar to speak to him in a still small voice. So too, he brings us into the wilderness that we might speak to him. What is it about the wilderness that makes it the place of God? Yahuwah speaking, look around you. He says, what do you see? Not much. Rocks, sand, mountains, the student says. That's why, says the teacher. God speaks, but he doesn't, he, we don't hear. We have too many distractions, but in the wilderness, the distractions are gone. So Yahuwah brings us to the wilderness that we might hear his voice. Therefore, do not fear or despise the wilderness of your life. And don't despise his removing of the distractions. Rather, embrace it. Draw closer to him and listen to what he, say, he is saying. Seek to hear his voice and you, bear it, and you will hear him. For the wilderness is... In your life is not just a wilderness, it is holy ground, midbar, the place of his voice. So, the mission today put away distractions, those things that keep you from hearing, and go into the wilderness, the midbar, to seek the voice of Yahuwah. So, we are going to look at Deuteronomy 8. Oops. Deuteronomy. Uh, eight, two through sixteen. Let's see what the Lord has to say. You shall remember all the ways which Yahuwah, your God, has led you, or Elohim, has led you through the forty years in the wilderness, that He might humble you to prove, prove, prove you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and allowed you to hunger and to feed with your mana, which you did, didn't know. Neither did your father know that he might make you known. No, the man does not live by bread alone, but only everything that proceedeth out of the mouth of Yahuwah does man live. Your clothing didn't grow old on you, neither did your footwear, feet swell, these 40 years. Now remember, they're walking in the wilderness here. You shall consider in your heart the same as a man casteth chastising his son. So Yahuwah, your Elohim, chastiseth you. You shall keep the commandments of Yahuwah, your Elohim to walk in his way and to fear him. For Yahuwah your Elohim brings you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of springs, and underground water flowing into valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, 
of vines and fig trees, pomegranates, a land of olives and honey, a land in which you shall eat bread without sacredness or scaredness. You shall not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron. And out of those hills you may dig copper. You shall eat and be filled. You shall bless Yahuwah your Elohim for the good land which he has given you. Beware, lest you forget Yahuwah your Elohim. It is not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes, which I command you to do this day. Lest you have eaten and are full and have built goodly houses and live therein. And when your herds, herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all and all that you have is multiplied, then your hearts be lifted up and you forget Yahuwah, your Elohim who brought you forth out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thrusty, thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you forth water out of the rocks of Flint, who led you, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that you might prove you to to do your good at your latter end. So that's one of three other verses we will read here shortly. But basically it's saying we walk through a time of wilderness. And that time is a time of reproof. It is a time of testing. It is a time of trial. And in the end we succeed through God. So let's go to Psalms. Let's see what Psalms has to say. Psalms 46, 10. He, make, he makes war cease to the end of the earth. He break, breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariot in the fire. So now we're going to go to Jeremiah. And in that verse, it talked about him basically dealing with war. And we're going to go to 29. Okay, let's look at 29. Jeremiah 29. There we go. 29, 12 through 12 and 13. You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with your hearts. Okay, and before that, he goes and says, You shall call on me and you shall go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And then in 13, we're going to repeat it again. He says, You shall seek me and find me. And when you shall search for me all, with all your heart. So we are in the desert place or the wilderness place. And in that time, we're supposed to seek him and we find him. Okay, so let's go to Luke. Three, two, and the us says, in the high priesthood of Ananias and Caiaphas, mm, interesting, the word of the Yahuwah came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. So again, we see the word comes to us in our time of wilderness. So we are going to cut here. Um, just remember what a midbar is. It is our time of wilderness. So... 
again, I welcome you to Impact Church. They have church, car church services on Sunday at 11 a.m. The building is at 2319 South 6th Street, Arnton, Ohio. Uh, you can find their webpage at impact-arnton.com. You can find them on Instagram or Facebook. Just type in Impact Church, Arnton. Um, you can also contact me at starcross at gmail.com. I won't give phone numbers right now. I just give my email. If you have any questions you relate related to what we're talking about, just email me. Or you can find me on Facebook, uh, where I post my videos quite frequently. And you can IM or chat with me. I will not, and I will say, I will not answer IMs that deal with sexual content. So please be mindful. I've had several viewers that have contacted me and started doing things like that. I'm not that kind of a woman. I'm a virtuous woman. If you're a listener, you listen to my words and you listen to what God has to say. I won't answer you. You'll just get kicked off. Sorry. Um, so I'm going to cut here for a little bit and I'll be back in about five minutes, brothers and sisters. Alrighty, alrighty. Sorry there, my anchor viewers and podcast viewers. <coughs> had to cough there. <coughs> Welcome back. We had some technical difficulty. Uh, got choked on my flame. We're going to do one more section, and then I'm going to do <coughs> the final <coughs> reading for tonight. We're only going to do four tonight, so... Instead of the normal six like I do for an hour, I'm going to cut it short on this one. We will read the Shmaeen and the Erats. Um, then I'll read our verses for that. Um, we did our last verses in Luke, um, which I have it marked. Luke 3, 23, 2. So now we're going to talk to, about the Shaim and the Erats. So let's go and see what the teacher has to say. He says, he led me out into a darkness of the night to a sandy expansion. There we lay down and gazed up at the star-filled sky. It is so vast, said the teacher, without turning from his upward gaze. The sky, he answered, I would think it is. In Hebrew, the word of heaven is shayim, shayim. The earth, earth is eretz. When you hear a Hebrew word that ends in ayin, or ayim, it is a sign that the word is plural. So what does what does this tell you? The word for heaven is plural. Both the word for earth is not. But shayayim, heaven, is plural. But ararats, the earth, is not. And it's not just the word. It's what the word represents, which is, the student said, that which the earth is singular, that which belongs to the physical realm is finite, meaning it stops. Everything that is physical is limited. That's why no matter how much of the earthly realm you get, no matter how many earthly possessions you possess, it will never fill you. And bring you completion. Interesting. 
that he, the teacher, would say that. Because they're limited, I said, because they're finite. And so a life focused on the physical, a life filled with limitations, but if you empty your heart of physical things, then you empty yourself of limitations. So the things of earth are finite, he said, but the things of heaven are infinite or infinite. The infinite or infinite will fill the heart. But how does one get away from living in the earthly realm? One doesn't, says the teacher. He can't escape living in the earthly realm, but you don't have to live of the earthly realm. You must deal with earthly things, but you don't have to fill your heart with them. Set your heart on that which is heavenly. Fill up your heart with that which is spiritual. For heaven is the Shayim. The Shayim has no limit. And therefore a heart filled up with the up with that which is spiritual and that which is heavenly becomes unlimited. So our mission with this today is what are you possessing possessing today? Let go. Free up your heart for its earthly possessions and fill it up with the spiritual and heavenly. Well we'll go to Isaiah. Okay, 55, in your books or on your tablet, 9, let's see what it says. As for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts, your thoughts. This is what Yahuwah is stating. So he's saying his thoughts are much higher than our thoughts, and his mind is much higher than our minds. He has plans for us that are much higher than what we can think or feel. And he can make that greatness happen. Okay, let's go to Philippians. Four. Eight and nine. Finally, brothers and sisters, where things are true, Whatever things are honorable, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are love, whatever things are of good rapport, if the if there is any virtue and there is any praise, think about these things. These things which you learned, received, heard, and saw in me, do these things. And the God the and the Yahuwah of peace or God will be with you always. So, if we think of these things which deals with heaven versus the earth and try to apply his virtues, then we're thinking of him. So, uh, that is our last reading for today. I'm kind of cutting it down instead of doing the normal six or seven readings I did for today. So, we are on day nine of our study. On the book of mysteries. So I'm going to put the book of mysteries away. Now. As I said. We will be starting. The prophetic community. Which is uh, written by Kim M. Mays. I will have the outlines. For the first two chapters. Next week. But I want to discuss something. I'm going to pose a question. A very important question this last half hour. 
if you had a choice to understand the Bible in the context of the Jewish sense, we are going to go to Revelation 12. All right, and I'm going to read that first section of Revelation 12. It says, A great sign was seen in the heavens, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars. She was being with child. She cried out in pain, laboring to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his head seven crowns. He drew, his tail drew one third of the stars of the sky and threw them to the earth. The dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth. So she gave birth. When she gave birth, he might devour the child. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Now, there's many interpretations of this sign. But here we're looking at the revelation that Yahuwah Yeshua was given to Yohanan or John, um, the revelator. And the first of the great signs that was seen in heaven above, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon at her feet and on her head a crown of 12 stars. If you think, we go back to the beginning in the garden. He created the sun, moon, and stars as signs in the heavens dealing with cycles. He also created, if he wanted to communicate something before the written word. Okay. So the lady that we're going to be looking at today, we're going to touch on some of what she's talking about, is signs in the heavens, a revised edition of the additional content. Um, we're going to look at what are the signs in heaven, why God named the stars, blood moons. Chapter 1 talks about Virgo and its constellations. Chapter 2, Libra. Chapter 3, Scorpio and its constellations. Chapter 4, Sagittarius. Chapter 5, Capricorn. Chapter 6, Aquarius. Chapter 7, Pisces. Chapter 8, Aries. Chapter 9, Taurus. Chapter 10, Gemini. Chapter 11, Cancer. And then Leo. Um, now, we're not talking about astrology here. We're talking about biblical astronomy. There's a difference. Science has already concluded that in the past, your ancients used biblical astronomy to find out events. It was proven during the birth of Christ when a sign showed up in the sky and your magi were following that sign. It's going to happen again. So. Uh, I can't post this book, but I can talk about this book. And one of the signs you're seeing here happen. I'm giving a date. September the 23rd and 24th of 2017. Right before Rosh Hashanah. Um, I believe it was right before Rosh Hashanah. Right in the middle, just shortly after Rosh Hashanah. And in between Yom Kippur. There was a sign in the heavens with a woman with 12 stars on her hand. And she was close with the sun, the moon at her feet, and Jupiter come through her legs. Now, according to Hebrew history, 
the planet of Jupiter is the king planet. It's always associated with the birth of a king. Um, now, you had nine stars in Leo with three extra added, which were planets. The sun was at her top portion. Her moon that closed her feet was at the bottom, and it was a new moon. Um, people thought that that was a sign of the coming of Christ. The Lord specifies what his sign will be. He is the sign when we see him in the air. But this sign and the sign in Revelation prelude uh, the coming of the end or the, the birth pains. Um, because if you go back through history, there's always been two distinct sections um, and according to what the Father revealed to me, and this is what he wants known, is that the sign of the woman that was seen was his warning post for the world. Um, the sign in the heaven, there was two signs back to back within less than a six month period in 2017. And he preluded that sign with the passing over America of a, how would you say, um, solar eclipse. Now, nobody paid much attention to where that solar eclipse was at. It was in the Paul of Leo, uh, which was a warning to the nations, not just America, the world, that something was coming about. Uh, you see, when you have a triad of lunar eclipses, they are assigned to the nation of Israel. The moon or in this case, is what we use in the fall festivals or the beginning of the festivals and the end. It's throughout. We go through 30 days in the calendar, and then a new moon comes. Um, but to the nations, a good example is Nineveh. Nineveh, Jonah gave a warning to Nineveh. But historically, as it's talked about, Nineveh had signs that appeared. And one of those signs in Nineveh, before their judgment, was to come was a eclipse of the sun. It passed over Nineveh. We had the same thing happen across America. It went from west to east, and it was in the Paul of Leo. Now, I'm going to explain the significance of Leo. If you go back and read the Bible, each of the tribes had a sign that was given to them, or a symbol or a crest on their banners. Leo represents the tribe of Judah or Judah. I come from Judah. Um, I come out of the line of David. Um, and it's a sign of kingship or leadership. You had two staffs were given. One was given to Joseph. The other was given to Judah. Now, I'm not saying what Ephraim and Nassus would have been. Uh, we do know they were Gentile nations. Um, and I will be doing a whole segment on this. But I'm just giving a light. Most of what I will be discussing will be in Revelations. Respond to the signs in the heavens and what they represent. They will be explained. Now, the particular sign that you're seeing here was Bethuselah or Virgo. 
She was pregnant, ready to give birth. It's a star sign. And don't tell me that God doesn't use the heavens to communicate. He does because he said, as is in heaven, so is on earth. As on earth, as in heaven. So in other words, his, his dwelling place before the temple, the tabernacle, reflected what was in heaven. So I would care to believe Yahuwah's word over anything else. So according to what we're seeing here, a woman, a sign shows in the heavens of a woman. Clothes with the sun, the moon at her feet. She's standing on the moon. Um, and she had a crown of 12 stars, meaning she was a queen. Okay. Or a Maleki. Sorry there. Um, little visitor coming in. She would have been a Maleki or Malachi, which means queen. Queen sovereignty. Anyway. This sign is showing that she's giving birth. It's more than just representing Christ. It's representing two nations, a nation within a nation. So we will go into this in more detail. Um, we'll cut the hour here, and I'm going to start a whole new segment on the signs of the heavens. So this is going to be an interesting coalition, coalition to what we are studying with the mystery, Book of Mysteries. This is a mystery that nobody has been able to figure out for nearly 4,000 years plus because throughout the Bible or the book, it's been mentioned and even my own people have missed it. So we are going to touch on it and what I know it represents or what I understand it represents. So I'm going to let you go here and just remember the signs of the heavens is what we're going to talk about the second half.